Okay, fellow listeners, welcome back to Queer Q. Today we'll be talking about one of my favorite queer films, Alice Wu's first feature, Saving Face. Alice Wu's first narrative feature, Saving Face, centers on Chinese-American Wilhelmina Peng, or since I totally butchered that name, better known as Will, um, played by Michelle Krushik, and her relationship with the woman in her life, specifically her mother, Joan Chen. As a surgeon in Manhattan, Will's thriving in her career and her romantic life is just beginning with ballet dancer Vivian Xing, played by Lin Chen. But in Flesh and Queens, her mother's life takes an unprecedented turn when it's discovered that she's pregnant at 48 without a husband a disgrace in the eyes of a deeply traditional and conservative Chinese family. Will is forced to take in her exiled mother into her apartment, and the mask that she has been wearing in front of her mother and the rest of her community begins to crack as the private is disrupted. Thank you so much for that synopsis. To give a little background on Alice Wu's Saving Face, it is a queer romantic comedy that beautifully explores the intersection of being a queer Chinese-American woman. Being an out lesbian herself, Alice Wu draws from her own experiences as a queer Asian woman. Saving Face took Wu five years to complete as she was faced with Hollywood trying to whitewash and straightwash her film. Eventually, her film was financed by Sony Division Destination Films, and Wu was able to tell the authentic queer Asian film that reflected her own journey of coming out as a lesbian to her Chinese mother. Wu touches on the internalized homophobia and fear through Will's hesitations with Vivian, the battle maintaining the facade of being a respectful and honorable daughter, while also trying not to forsake the part of your identity that makes you feel whole. But Wu does not just capture the struggle of being a queer Asian woman. She captures the struggle of being an Asian woman with desire through the beautiful performance from Joan Chen. Saving Face is influential for its portrayal of Asian American lesbians, Asian representation in Hollywood is scarce, and queer Asian representation scarcer. Selena, give me your thoughts on Saving yes. Face. I love Saving Face. Um, it's really nice to feel represented, to have a queer Asian woman on screen and behind the screen, um, which is why, um, specifically why we chose Saving Face again, and specifically how we were choosing a lot of our films for this season, was having queer representation, queer woman representation in front of the screen and behind the screen, um, which was really important to us. And, you know, Saving Face was such an important film to me, even if I didn't like it when I first watched it, which is really um, funny when I think about it. You know, I remember being in middle school, I was deeply in the closet and trying to understand my own queer identity. Um, I would watch films like But I'm a Cheerleader, Imagine Me and You, Debs, and all these like late 90s, early 2000 lesbian movies. And, you know, all these films dealt with, you know, a white queer woman. Um, you know, there are cheesy rom-com films, but at the same time, I didn't really feel seen. I didn't have a visible representation of being a queer Asian woman. I didn't necessarily have that outlook of what it was like to be a queer Asian and deal with the queer Asian coming out story, you know, and Saving Face was that for me. You know, the first time I found, I watched Saving Face, I I was happy with the queer Asian love story, but I think, you know, a 12 and 13 year old me really wanted this really cheesy rom-com, you know, where it's just like all about them and this like kind of like gushy um, drama and romance just between them without the 
drama um, with the family, you know, the coming out. I, I That was something I was really trying to avoid back then, um, not really wanting to watch it. <laughs> Interesting enough, and, you know, I was watching, but I'm a cheerleader. I know. But, um, <laughs> y- you know, like I didn't it, it hit harder seeing that with an Asian family. I, I know it doesn't really make sense. And, you know, like, I don't really know how to like make of it either now. Um, but I think that was the bulk of the reason why I didn't like it when I first watched it. Um, but you know, when I revisit it, um, later on, maybe it was like, I think in my senior year or like first year of college, I think it was, it, it hit me way differently to the point where I was crying, you know, especially, especially at that time, I was more aware of my sexuality. I was more accepting of it. And, you know, I was like kind of half out of the closet, you know, I was, um, a lot of my friends knew at that time, but like a lot of my family didn't know still. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm not Chinese American, I'm Lao American. So like. I can't fully say I know the experience of being a closet Chinese American queer woman. I can't say that, you know, like Alice Wu's story was my story. But at the same time, it's like it still resonated with me and it still I still kind of understood what she was going through um, as an Asian American. You know, I know what it's like to be an Asian American, to be a queer Asian woman and how painful the process is to come out to your more conservative family while learning to love yourself. And, you know, that's why saving face is so important. And, you know, I have my critiques on the story structure, character development dialogue, which we'll be going deeper into into this podcast. But, you know, I think Wu captures that struggle. Um, and it's the, and that's the main reason why it's become such an important movie for me. Uh, she did return with a new film uh, this year, I believe, with the half of it, a young adult uh, movie starring another queer Asian woman. Um, and, you know, it's also like tying in the um, first generation, uh, second generation Chinese American experience as well. And, you know, the half of it, you know, while the half of it had its sweet charm, that the teen movie really didn't have an impact on me like Saving Face did. Sorry to say, but I didn't really like it. Um, I think I remember discussing this with you, um, Nick. Um, The first half of that movie I thought was pretty enjoyable. I thought it was cute. Um, But it wasn't until the third act that I had problems with. Um, You know, and it it could also be maybe I'm just not into teen movies, (laughs) young adult teen movies. I didn't even like uh, that teen rom-com to all the boys I've ever loved. Sorry. I just didn't like it. Maybe I'm just an old lesbian now, <laughs> an old queer woman now. And so I just can't watch these teen movies. Um, but you know, nevertheless, I'll always support queer Asian filmmakers, actors, and movies. And I'll always challenge for more stories to be seen and heard. Yeah. You know, I really appreciate you bringing in your own personal identity when discussing your thoughts about this film. I know how much this film means to you and it comes across when you talk about it this way. And, you know, I feel like I kind of had the same experience with different films when I was growing up and, you know, it's easier for us to, you know, buy into a type of romantic comedy that doesn't really identify with us specifically in our identity. So, you know, we can watch films like, but I'm a cheerleader or, you know, we can watch a hetero romantic comedy and it's like, we're still getting that same type of, you know, experience. But as soon as it brings in something that's more identifiable with ourselves, you know, because this movie does represent, it was the first film to be written and directed by a queer Asian American woman. And, I think Mm -hmm. really coming to terms with that and seeing that and then knowing that, you know, 
it represents it better represents you than other films that it's a little bit harder because you know you're not out yet you know people wouldn't be out at the time watching it you know growing up watching it and it's a little bit harder so it makes sense but it would be so cathartic when you when you saw it later in life and really understood you know the way that it was making mm-hmm. you feel and it would be really cathartic so I'm really glad that you're able to have that experience and mm-hmm. I'm really curious about why you didn't enjoy the half of it specifically that third act I would love to get your mm-hmm. input on it I felt like the third act was really messy mm-hmm. I thought it was trying to do trying to do all these elements that just didn't flow in my opinion like the the part with trig um asking Asser to marry him I, I just thought that was bizarre I thought his character became like weirdly important for some reason and weird, weirdly like emphasized in the third act I necessarily my main problem was I wasn't happy with characterization and character development um you know, I, I also didn't feel like Aster was really much of a character. I felt that some of the characters were very, like, one-dimensional. They were kind of flat, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I wish um, the storyline and their characters could have been developed stronger throughout um, each arc. And, you know, because I, I agree with a lot of critics that this the heart of the half of it is, you know, the relationship, the chemistry between Paul and Ellie, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I agree with that. Like, their dynamic and their friendship was really intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. I just, it just fell flat to me because of how the story developed. I don't know if I can put that as well. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I definitely see where you're coming from with that because I think the main issue that Aster has in the film is that, you know, she's not allowed to be herself. She has to be, you know, part of this crowd. And then, you know, mm-hmm. when you talk about her character, you know, what actually do we know about her? You know, she's more of this plot device mm-hmm you know, to help Ellie, you know, really come to terms with her identity and like have that awakening. You know, I do like the narrative of this film just because, you know, Alice Wu, she's a brilliant writer. And I thought that her writing had, you know, matured, aged like fine wine. But, you know, I definitely agree mostly with that point about um, Trigg asking her mm-hmm. to marry him in that church scene and that church scene you know we'll get to basically the mirror of that and saving face and to be honest I thought how she um how she wrote that in saving face was a lot better than mm-hmm. what we have in the half of it so you know I'm glad we get that in saving face I can't wait to talk about that talk about the church scene um So let me go ahead and give you some of my thoughts, since this is the first time I have seen Saving Face. I really enjoyed it, um, personally. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I just watched Happiest Season starring um, Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis, which left me cold. And I was warmed right back up watching Saving Face after it. And since it was my first time watching it, it was a huge relief to find a romantic comedy coming out film that provided some groundbreaking representation. And it was actually funny, unlike the previously mentioned holiday film. 
you know, there's this concept of mm. face within Chinese and Chinese American communities that we see conveyed and deconstructed and dismantled throughout this film. There's a clash between tradition and modernity, Americanism. And saving face is preserving the honor of one's family and community at the cost of other parts of one's identity. Um, I really, I really love that concept and Alice Wu, you know, creating this narrative around that. And mm. The only Asian American focused rom-com I've seen before was Crazy Rich Asians, a film that was touted as a groundbreaking film itself, which it felt like that in the same vein as Happiest Season and Love, Simon. And we don't have to go into our own issues (laughs) with those films, but I think it's pretty clear having that connotation. But, you know, going through our queer vault, we see that these newer films don't hold a candle to the films that were overlooked at the time, that were the actual Mm -hmm. groundbreakers. I felt that Saving Face did better than Crazy Rich Asians in its nuanced discussion of tradition and honor, as well as better representation for an underrepresented identity in Hollywood, the queer woman and Chinese Americans and Asian Americans. Mm -hmm. It was also funnier, but I've digressed. I'd rather devote love to this film, so... Let's go ahead and break it yes. down. Yes. So to start off, we're in Manhattan and the film starts off with Will um, wearing a face mask, watching her clock um, right before she has to go off to work. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learn that Will is a surgeon. She's an esteemed surgeon who's um, highly regarded at the hospital. And then we move on to, you know, after establishing um where Will works and like setting the scene of Manhattan and you know uh we see her go to um Flushing and she's at this restaurant um called Planet China where there's um this big meeting of um all her family and friends um the Chinese community and there's this whole thing where her mom is trying to set her up with this other Asian mom um with her son this whole matchmaking thing going on and you know, we we learned that Will, it's like, oh God, this again. And, you know, she, she has to pretend to go along with this. So does the other son, because, you know, that's what you do when you're, you're the daughter of your son. You kind of just have to go with what you, the whims of your parents and just play along, even though, you know, it's like not really what you want. And I know you had some commentary on the, the nods to you know, the face mask, uh, Nick. Yeah. So, um, I thought that it was a clever nod to the title of the film and the themes that we'll be discussing, you know, because the first shot we Mm. see Will wearing a face mask and we find out later in the film, um, that her mom is the one who buys her those face masks. And, you know, when Mm. we're talking about the mask that we have to wear to preserve, you know, our family's honor and, you know, um, going with tradition, sticking with tradition, you know, this face mask is a great representation of that, especially because it's her mom who gives it to her and she has to wear Mm -hmm. it for her mom. You know, it's her, you know, preserving her mom's honor and integrity by wearing this Mm -hmm. mask of herself without revealing her true identity, her authentic self. Again, I don't want to speak for all Asian communities, but like I've experienced this as well, where it's like you have to, you know, pretend you have to put up, put on a face, put on a mask when you're out in society. You know, you have to be upstanding, honorable daughter and honorable member of the community in a way, you know, because if you do something wrong, you're kind of disgracing the rest um, of your community in a way. 
And, you know, so there's this whole concept of, you know, you have to save face when you go out in society. You have to you have to be like when you go out, you're representing everyone in a way. And, um, and then going back to the scene at uh, Planet China, I love how um, I love how there's that scene with Will, her mom and her grandma and how her mom kind of gets upset uh, that Will is wearing all these tomboyish clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, we have this discussion again about the kind of like the type of clothing and that you have to wear and the gender roles that you're supposed to be kind of adhering to you know we have this um her mom kind of saying you wear too many boyish clothes look at and look 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 at your sneakers why don't you wear heels and then you know i love that the grandma you know this older asian woman comes in it's like i think you look very stylish and like i love your shoes did you know i think she says something like i used to wear those when i was like in war was it war or something like that but like yeah. i just love how she completely like breaks that um that stereo stereotypical um and gender uh binary about um with will and like just like supports will so openly you know i think it was just so jarring for me because you know when we you know analyze the scene at planet china you know it's like we see how we was establishing this traditional binary within this first scene you know we see men are solely in one frame women in another only you know hetero pairs are dancing boy girl pairs are dancing and you know they're dancing so rigidly you know you know the rigid dancing is very much you know with the rigid type of ideology that you know is deconstructed in the film and you know it's comedic Mm -hmm. you know it's comedic at the same time because you know we see will having conversations with um is it her cousin or is it a i believe it's a cousin i think it's a friend friend. okay uh no uh, it's a friend because um their parents set them up together and that's why Uh um they have that old conversation where it's like uh something like before our parents set us up good thing that we kind of became friends after or whatever um his cousin is vivian however which we learn in this scene Mm -hmm. yes um so question about him is it's never Mm -hmm. explicitly stated but is he queer i don't think so i don't think it was said either but you know it could be a possibility and if that was something i completely missed i'm all for it you know because finding queer um, other queer Asians in your community is so important and it mm-hmm. makes you just feel so much better like there's a huge weight lifted off when you know there's another queer member in your community who has to g- face through the the tiring rituals of your parents matchmaking yeah. or like you know the snide comments that you hear in dinner tables you know um I was just happy to see that um because you know his name was never even stated I don't think um uh, he even like had his character had a name but i just love that they had this rapport with each other that was so like friendly and fun and like so supportive you know yeah and you know i i bring up the possibility of his queer identity because he knows about her you know and Mm -hmm. it's something that he accepts that you know they joke about um because of her mom matchmaking and since they were meant to be matchmaked together you know they became friends after it and it seems like you know, one side of that may possibly be, you know, turned off because, you know, there's obviously no interest from the other party, but it's like they both knew that, you know, there was nothing going to happen between them. And it was 
you know, in agreement. And then they became close friends with this close bond. And I'm like, you know, they both knew that they, that they were queer. It's like, yeah, we, mm-hmm. you know, we're kind of each other's beards or something, but yeah, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, you know, you mentioned his cousin Vivian, you know, very important mm-hmm. to this film because, you know, Will notices her and music stops, you know, it's clear that there's this attraction, this interest between them. It's funny because, you know, Will is being set up on another matchmaking date, and yet here she is finding someone who's probably her perfect match, right? Mm-hmm. And and so we um, go on, I think the next scene is we get to the hospital, this cute hospital scene where Will, you know, Will finally actually bumps into Vivian again, and they have their first, you know, verbal interaction with each other. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, Will was trying to decide what she wants in the vetting machine. Um, and, you know, you have Vivian in the background kind of disagreeing with every choice she's about to make. It's this weird flirtatious scene. And, like, Vivian suggests that Will gets a nougat chocolate bar and says something along the lines where, you know, sometimes the body knows what it wants. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, Vivian just leaves, you know, with that seductive line, uh-huh. and that flirtatious line, and just leaves Will there, like, in the middle of the, you know, um, in the hall, just kind of flustered and dumbfounded yeah you know it's like <laughs> will definitely knows what her body wants and her body wants vivian it's a very cute mm-hmm. double entendre and you know how the scene plays it plays you know very comedically very romantically you know it's one of those classic romantic comedy little meet cute scenes and you know up until this point we're like okay we're getting you know a, t- a fairly typical romantic comedy you know it's about two queer women um specifically two queer Chinese American women. But then after this, you know, things start to change, don't they? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because, you know, once Will is going back to her apartment, in front of her apartment building on the steps, she sees her ma um sitting with a pair of big black sunglasses on and definitely crying but you know she obviously hides that she's crying when we'll ask you know are you crying ma and she's like no i'm not crying and so are you gonna let me in (laughs) like repeatedly are you gonna let me in um it's it's a very funny scene but then you know we we get into the apartment where um will's ma is like meditating listening to um i think it's this chinese kind of opera song um i i don't i think so and you know it's playing really loud and like Will's like, I don't know what's going on. And she calls her grandma and her grandma's all, you know, make sure she's eating, make sure she's well and, you know, make sure she's um, doing well because she has to think about the baby. And then Will's like, baby. And so surprise, surprise, we find that out that Will's ma is pregnant, uh, a pregnant woman and they don't know who the father is. And that becomes a huge problem um, for the rest of the film. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think it's, you know, something to point out that when Ma is on the steps, you know, she has those big sunglasses on it. You know, it's like another nod to, you know, saving face. She's, you know, covering her face, not letting her emotions be, you know, shown to the world. You know, it's very similar in that regard. Mm-hmm. But, you know, up until this point, we believe that the only secret in this family is that Will is a closeted lesbian. Um, but now we see her mom has secrets of her own, you know, the kind that, you know, would sully the honor, you know, the face of Will's grandparents from her parents. And 
Ma's kicked mm-hmm. out by them. She's forced to move in with Will. And I just kept thinking, watching this, I'm like, oh, great. She's starting this relationship with Vivian. She's not out to mm-hmm. her community, her family. And I'm like, there's no way this relationship is going to work out that well because <laughs> that mom yeah. is just going to be a third wheel in this situation. And, you know, with Will being very private and about being, you know, still in the closet, um, that's not really great to have uh, at the beginning of a relationship. I definitely agree with you there. Um, But, you know, the scene where we have um, Ma and Will at at their grandparents' house was very um, interesting, very sad to me. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we have, like, her dad... Um, you know, he's just yelling at her. I'm saying you're a disgrace. Look what you're doing to me. You're throwing this in my face. You brought shame onto this family. You know, to me, I really, I thought it was interesting because I th- thought that we was kind of making a connection to Will's mom being a disgrace to the family name and being kicked out. Um, to a sad scene we often see um, happen in the queer community when we aren't accepted. You know, I think here Ma's being kicked out for having sex, getting pregnant, on all without a husband. And simply to be a woman without a man is seen as a disgrace, as shameful in a traditional in traditional Asian families. And so I thought that was really... I don't know if you, if you saw it that way as well. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting to have that included um, in the story about, you know, a queer closeted... Uh, Chinese American lesbian and to also kind of make that allusion to her mom who is you know this 48 year old woman this older woman who is embracing her sexuality yeah you know I definitely noticed that parallel and I I felt like Wu was definitely trying to state that you know this type of scandal that would be compared to being queer within this community that you know, they're not too different. And for me, I felt like it really normalized queer identity, you know, relating these two Mm -hmm. together, you know, it's like, well, you know, the same type of scandal that would be happening to Will for coming out is the same type of reaction that her mom gets for being unwed and pregnant at her age. And, you know, I felt like it normalized it. And it also allowed us to really focus on, you know, the desire of women, queer or not. And, you know, Mm -hmm. how that is something that is at odds with the traditional Chinese and Chinese American community or, you know, Asian American community broadly. Um, You know, and also as a a cautionary tale to Will, you know, she's seeing the type of reaction Mm -hmm. her mom's receiving. And, you know, it's the type of thing where she wonders, well, you know, is this going to be the same thing that happens to me if I come out? You know, if I come out to my grandparents, Mm -hmm. if I come out to my mom, if I come out to my community, will they do the same way? And, you know, she knows that. And that's not something that she discusses. You know, she doesn't want to vocalize that, but she knows it deep down. And now that she sees it come to the surface, you know, it's just very scary. Mm -hmm. So... They go visit her grandparents, and then there's that whole scene where, um, the montage scene where, uh, Will's ma is kind of already like kind of taking charge of the house, um, nitpicking in the cl- um in the refrigerator, throwing out this rotten banana and this tin foil, and then making stinky tofu, right? And then there's a whole scene where then like Will goes like, you know, Jay's coming over, and then Ma's like, uh, okay, give him the paper plate, 
or the plastic plate, you know, don't give him the good plate. And then like, you know, Will has like, really, Ma? Um, I think we should discuss what was happening in the Jade dinner scene. Oh, yeah. Um, because I think that was really important to show, um, you know, the racism towards um, black people, even within the Asian community and especially towards, um, you know, dark skinned people. You know, there's a thing in Asian communities where we really tend to privilege white skin you know, um, just from my own experience, I, I just know like growing up, like, cause I had a more like darker complexion, um, growing up, I remember being given, you know, bleaching soaps to make my skin whiter, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a, it's a thing that happens in Asian communities, um, that we really need to address and not ignore that we, there is also racism there with, um, towards dark skin people and towards black people that we see. And I think that we, um, was really bringing this out. Um, in the, in a comedic way, mm-hmm. in a sense, um, with this uh, with this dinner scene, with the way uh, Ma kind of makes this whole thing about how Jade likes all the soy sauce, and she's like, I should probably stop t- eating less soy sauce, or else I'm gonna, mm-hmm. you know, get darker skin. You know, it was comedic. You know, it was comedic, but it was also very troubling. You know. Yeah, you know, it was. I think it was the right balance for Wu to address those issues that she found within her community towards people of color. And I think it's really important that we have this scene because it also helps, you know, track the progression of Ma's relationship with Jay, you know, because they, you know, she's mostly spending time at the apartment. So Jay's constantly nearby. So they spend more time together. And the way Mm -hmm. their relationship progresses is the same way that we can look at the themes of tradition and that versus, mm. you know, modernization and Americanism, which, you know, we see a mm. lot of the issues that are blamed that are, you know, scandals within this community are because, you know, people are becoming more Americanized. But, you know, what's important is that these types of ideologies, they can change, they can grow. You know, there's always mm-hmm. hope that, you know, someone's mindset can change and, tracking that relationship between Ma and Jay, you know, is a great manifestation of that belief. And it really helps with the type of, um, the type of response that we get later down the line when it comes to Will and her mother. Mm -hmm. Just like with her relationship progressing with Jay, we also see Ma's relationship with her own sexuality and and desire kind of being explored and being embraced when we, you know, move into the next scenes um, where we have, you know, Will goes to see Vivian at her show, at the end of her show, um, and they have this, like, cute date kind of perusing the thrift shop and then going back to Vivi's apartment you know all while this cute date is happening we also have um Ma a funny scene one of my favorite scenes Ma going to this video store this VH um VHS store um looking for Chinese movies and there's a scene where the camera pans on a shelf of movies and you know two films pop out um Joy Luck Club and The Last Emperor and so Joy Luck Club, I believe, was the last movie with an all Asian American cast uh, or Asian cast before Saving Face mm-hmm. um, because it came out in, I believe it was August 1993. Yes. And, you know, The Last Emperor was a nod to Joan Chen in a way because Joan Chen was uh, a star in that film. You know, a great film cool. also to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, but what comes out of the scene 
is even better because you know Ma kind of like you know she stops walks away a bit towards this to, towards these videos you know they're these adult films you know mm-hmm. she like walks away walks back grabs it and you know she goes to the apartment she's watching it all alone mm-hmm. you know um so it's it's interesting because here we see the reclamation of desire through Ma uh-huh. and this removal of the stereotypical conservative and pure Asian woman is struck down with Ma's exploration, you know, uh-huh. because, you know, often like in general with a woman, you aren't supposed to be exhibiting this desire to watch, you know, porn, True. to watch Iraq films, to have this um, desire for sex. And especially that's even more heightened, in my opinion, in Asian um, communities. And I love that this kind of broke that down and kind of poked at it. And it, it's what's interesting is because, you know, we have a Will who, you know, she has that cute moment with Vivian, this kind of falling exercise where Vivian's you know, being seductive, trying to kiss her. And then, you know, it's like, just fall like me, trying to teach her how to fall without getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Will is very reserved. She doesn't really want to do it. It's like, um, she can't do it. And then the moment where, you know, Vivian's about to kiss her, Will actually does do it. Um, if it, And, you know, it was in a way to, in my opinion, I saw it as a way to avoid being kissed because she was too scared in that moment because she's not used to that kind of blatant blatant and forthcoming display of sexuality especially from another um queer asian woman um that's how i saw it but you know they eventually do kiss and then we have a scene where they're in bed together and will's leaving to go back to the apartment right and then when she comes home you know ma's still listening to this adult <laughs> film and ma completely quickly changes it to this um i think this info commercial i don't know i think it was an info commercial so it was this really boring info commercial and you know you know she's sitting on the couch watching the tv and it's like did you eat yet and so basically you know they sit next to each other silently eating chinese takeout and trying to hide both of their recent sexual exploits from each other and i thought it was such an interesting like scene to have no, it was the perfect story progression. You know, it's like we have Will, who is obviously averse to falling and then, you know, having to confront her desire with a kiss. It's like she finally is able to fall. It's it's comedically funny, but at the same time, it is mm-hmm. worrisome. And um, one funny thing. Well, no, not it's not funny, but, you know, one really important thing to note when it comes to the porn that Ma was watching was that it was mm-hmm. the stereotypical um, yeah. you know, representation of Asian women and porn, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love that, you know, first of all, it's reclaiming this desire for women to watch porn, but at the same time, it's, you know, interrogating and reclaiming Asian, like an Asian woman's identity and body within mm-hmm. porn by having her watch it. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I really thought that was important. I thought it was really yeah, definitely. Great that Wu, you know, included that touch. And, you know, something that I think about with um, with Will and Vivian, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Vivian lives in Manhattan, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know... I believe so, yeah. Yeah, that that's what I thought. Yeah. And I thought it was really important, you know, her purpose as a character, because, you know, she lives in Manhattan. That's, you know, the... American version, you know, compared to Flushing, which is this heavily um, Chinese and Asian community. And so it's like Mm -hmm. we see how 
Vivian is this bridge for Will from, you know, her traditional Chinese community in Flushing to the more Americanized Mm -hmm. life of, you know, Manhattan and moving away from tradition. And I just kept picturing Vivian as like the Queensboro Bridge, you know, the the way from getting to Queens to Manhattan through Brooklyn. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do love that, you know, we see these two women, Will and Ma at the same point in their life. You know, they both have these secrets. They both have these desires and they can't share them with each other, even though they're regarding the same type of thing, the same type of emotion. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. And, you know, to go back to your earlier point about the bridge, um, I definitely like seeing Vivian as a bridge, especially because, um, you know, later we'll learn that Vivian comes a very from a very different family she embraces her sexuality she's very accepting of who she is and she's not afraid to show where versus will is still very reserved Mm -hmm. and in my opinion i think will is in a really interesting place where she's you know stuck in the middle you know like she's still stuck between wanting to be this respectful and honorable chinese daughter while also still wanting to you know wanting to not kind of wanting to be herself, wanting to pursue this relationship openly and freely. As you noted, Nick, much of Will's reservation actually becomes a problem in their relationship where Will doesn't want to, um, you know, doesn't want to openly touch each other in public. Um, kind of, they kind of just stay cooped up in their apartment, you know, most of the time. Um, I think there was a scene, yeah, there is a scene where Vivian really wanted Will to meet her friends, but, you know, uh, will had to she was stuck on the floor doing back-to-back surgeries um all night long you know and that's not really um will's fault i thought that she was kind of using her career as a crutch you know to not Mm. you know be out in public with vivian meet her friends make it more serious you know because she had Mm. choices that she could make where she could say you know i have to go like you know you don't hear a surgeon you know, saying, no, I won't take a surgery because that's what they're passionate about. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like at the same time, it's like she's able to use that as an excuse when she actually has a choice Mm -hmm. to go. You know, there was one scene where someone asked her if she wanted to take a surgery and she Mm -hmm. was about to leave and meet, you know, Vivian and her friends. And she just, you know, resigned herself to do it. Fun tidbit. I think that person was also Vivian's dad who asked. Oh, yeah, was it? Yeah. So yeah. that's an important thing to note, everyone, is that Vivian's dad is Will's boss. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely agree with that, too. You know, I can definitely see Will using it as a crutch, you know, and using the beeper to get out of work. Um, I mean, to get out of, um, you know, going on dates and using it as a way to hide again, you know, which is also interesting because when she's a surgeon, she's wearing another mask. Mm-hmm. Right. Um and you see that this becomes a problem because, you know, her mom wanted her to be home for dinner. Uh, but, you know, instead, um, Will decides to stay with Vivian the whole entire night. And, you know, this is where we get their sex scene. And to me, I love this scene um, because of its lighthearted portrayal, because of its kind of like fun play um, with each other and not this kind of erotic and heavy scene, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a very kind of natural and fun interaction with Will and Vivian. You know, it was still sensual, but, um, you know, not to a degree where 
it's titillating. It was just very, to me, it was very fun. And, you know, at this point, we also get like, um, they get interrupted by a phone call from Vivian's mom. And again, we learn in this scene where like, you know, Vivian's mom is just like talking and that, and it reveals that she knows that Vivian is, you know, a lesbian, that she's, and we learn that Vivian's out to her mom and that comes to a surprise to Will, right? And you can see the two different worlds they kind of come from. You know, we have Vivian, who's a ballet, traditional ballet dancer um, with the, you know, successful surgeon father who's very demanding of her ballet career and supportive of her ballet career and doesn't care that she's a lesbian. We have a mother who was divorced young, um, who got shamed by society because she got divorced, um, who's very accepting of her daughter. And on Will, on the other hand, it's very kind of reserved and that kind of stereotypical, but typical in a way, um, kind of conservative, reserved, traditional Chinese family. Yeah, you know, we definitely see the differences between these two characters. And, you know, it goes back to how Vivian is this bridge because, you know, she has a more modern lifestyle. You know, it's not in the same vein as the traditional lifestyle that um, that Will has to be a part of. But yeah, you know, I, I really did love mm-hmm. the sex scene too. It was probably one of my favorite scenes that we've had for when we've discussed all of the queer women's sex scenes this season and it's because Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't shy away from being explicit you know it's realistic in that way and we can talk about Mm -hmm. its authenticity since it's written and directed by a queer chinese american woman um but you know it was Mm -hmm. funny it was so real because things like that happen you know the the type of um you know the type of choreography in their sex scene felt very realistic to me but also Mm -hmm. you know the interruptions you know the comedic moments because you know sex isn't just supposed to be sultry you know there's a realness to it Mm -hmm. when it's funny because funny things happen you know the bodies coming together can be kind of funny in their weird ways but you know I I really liked it for that reason and it's really important because it's an Asian queer Asian um, representation on the screen being explicitly shown to me, that was very groundbreaking for me, again, because um, as you were saying earlier, Nick, how Asian woman bodies have been like fetishized in, you know, in porn. And to mm-hmm. me, this was, again, a way of reclaiming that and, you know, making it authentic and reclaiming the Asian body for, you know, um, away from this kind of hero hum lens. I agree completely. Yeah, you know, comparing it to the type of stereotypes we find in porn, you know, this is something that is completely different. It doesn't play into any stereotypes it wanted, but I think it's important to see this as, you know, counteracting towards the stereotypes we see in porn and how, you know, reductive they are, how harmful they are to, you know, racist views that people would hold, Mm -hmm. you know, believing, you know, this identity to be one specific thing. And, it was a really important thing to include, you know, just this connection and the scene specifically. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was so grateful that we did that, that she made sure to include this and that she didn't buck to studio pressure to, you know, either whitewash yeah. the characters or, you know, to, you know, het wash them also. Mm-hmm. Which she had trouble with when trying to um make this film. Oh, yeah, you know? of course. Um, 
But, you know, um, moving on, we have, you know, because now that Vivian and Wu's, uh, uh, why did I say Wu? <laughs> Vivian and Will's <laughs> relationship is um, stronger now. We get into um, Will's kind of really wanting to push her mom out of her um, oh, yeah. out of her apartment, get her mom like out of her private life so she can, you know, fully be with Vivian in, you know, in her own private sphere, you know, and so you know, we there's dating montages and Will really trying to push um, her ma to go out and date. Um, I, I thought there was a really great moment in this uh, montage because, you know, as Will's getting her ma ready, she she like stops and stares at her and says, "Ma, you're beautiful." And I know it's like a very cliche line, you know, but I also it, I thought it was like subverting that whole. Um, rom-com trope where you know you do that girl's makeover you take off her glasses pull down her hair and it's like wow she was beautiful all along um mm -hmm. i liked that it was with um will and her mom instead where it was like will you know she was about to take down her mom's hair and it's like wow you're beautiful ma and to me i thought it was will finally seeing her mom as a woman for the first time yeah, you know, we see how with children, they never see their parents as something more than their parents until mm -hmm. they reach a certain age. And it really takes something for them to figure that out. And, you know, up mm -hmm. until this point, you know, Will's mom has been so reserved. You know, she's been very conservative, very traditional, and she hasn't really shown any cracks in her emotion. And, you know, we're finally getting to see that, you know. And, you know, there's some hesitation. We can tell that there's, she doesn't want to go on mm -hmm. these dates, you know, because she still has feelings, unresolved feelings towards the unnamed father of her child. And, you know, we see that there's this pushback, but I agree, you know, we see how Will is able to recognize her as a woman and see her as a woman to be desired because she is beautiful, you know, like Joan Chen, she is just a gorgeous woman. So and, stunning. And she, you know, there was nothing that was needed to mm -hmm. make her stunning. She didn't need a makeover. And it's like, but, you know, us along with her daughter, we see her mom coming into her own. And we notice that too. We notice that there is this, this woman to be desired, that she's changing along with her daughter. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And Joan Chen is just a beautiful um, actress. Um, but, you know, I, I digress. Uh, you know, these montage scenes are really funny. Um, they're kind of awkward. They have like karaoke scenes. Um, and, you know, uh, like you said, we see that um, Ma's not really into any of these men. Um, but there's this one guy, Cho, who was introduced in the beginning, who's like, I had a crush on you for 15 years. And, you know, he's... Um, considered a good man and you know ma's father will's grandfather um approves of him and has already decided this is who you're going to marry before you um have the child you know we have this domineering you know father presence again and you know it's while ma's going through all of this you know will is also still kind of struggling with her identity and then kind of really struggling to mesh these two worlds together that vivian like so desperately wants um, because mm -hmm. Vivian really wants to know more about Will, wants to stop hiding in this bubble that they're in, right? This bubble of this just two of them that Will really just doesn't disrupt. But, you know, it does start to get disrupted when 
you know, Vivian insists that she has dinner with her, um, with Will and her mom. And, you know, um, this dinner scene was very, was, it was very interesting. Um, it was kind of funny. I can feel the awkwardness and like the fear in Will, um, in the scene by the way she's like, like rushing to finish her food and just stuffing her mouth so she can get through this as quickly as possible. Um, it's interesting because um, I think in this scene, Will, Vivian, and Ma, they all have their mask up. You know, um, Vivian and Will are trying to hide their queerness from Ma. They're trying to, you know, um, just play off this role of just being friends. And then Ma is also hiding her pregnancy because I think Vivian, she makes a comment like, how are you doing with a baby or something like that. And then Ma kind of like glares at Will. You know, she kind of like cheekily slaps Um or like taps Will's cheek. It's like, oh, my baby's doing fine. Just really busy, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah, that's that's the thing. They have their masks up. And it's a very interesting dynamic between these three characters. You know, Will has to introduce Vivian as a friend, like you were mentioning. So it's, you know, it's a lot of pressure on Vivian because she is an out queer woman. And she has to be respectful to, you know, Will and her mother and Will being in the closet for her reasons. And so, you know, I, I think it strains their relationship a bit. And what also hurts is that Ma doesn't take to Vivian. And it's because she mm-hmm. sees, you know, Vivian as this representation of the Americanization that corrupts, you know, the traditional Chinese and Chinese American community. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's because Vivian, she doesn't speak Mandarin very well. She has to constantly be translated, you know, by Will. And, you know, I think it really represents these two as dueling identities for Will also. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't think Ma sees Vivian as a good influence on Mm -hmm. Will. And Will is conflicted between these two representations of her identity. And, you know, I think all, all this combination of how Ma sees Vivian, it makes sense why she wouldn't like her, why she would not approve of Will, you know, being friends, quote unquote, friends with her. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting because I think we also see this conversation, the points that you're making out when, you know, Ma disapproves of uh, Vivian not doing ballet dancing anymore. Mm -hmm. There's this weird thing between ballet and modern to, again, I think it's, uh, you know, another like poke at um, between traditional and modern Right. And, you know, like Ma goes um, when Vivian expresses her love for modern dancing, Ma goes, well, it's still not ballet. (laughs) And I don't think Vivian really understood what she was saying. Or I don't know. It leaves off on this really awkward note. Yeah. It's like because, you know, we find out, you know, later on, you know, that, you know, Vivian wants to pursue modern dance, but she's pressured, you know, by her father to continue Mm -hmm. ballet dance, to maintain some sense of tradition, you know, and, you know, ballet is viewed as this very old dance style, you know, it's very traditional, it has very, you know, historic roots that, Mm -hmm. you know, are the complete antithesis to modern dance, you know, they're completely different styles. And I think that it's hard for Vivian because she sees her father's words echoed by another person who represents the same type of ideology. And so mm-hmm. it, I, it's really conflicting for her. Mm-hmm. And again, like with, uh, with ballet dancing, it's definitely a more rigid 
um, style of dancing. It's very more routine. It's very more structured versus where mm-hmm. modern dance can be a little bit more free form and expressive and it's more fluid. Right. And we see this aligning a lot more with who Vivian is. And we see the ballet dancing aligning more with, uh, you know, more of that conservative and traditional style um, that Will and Ma and her dad represents. Right. Mm-hmm. And so but, you know, it comes to an interesting dynamic when Vivian gets accepted into um you know this prestigious paris ballet right and but she's very hesitant about it because you know she and you know i think she has this conversation with will when she says it. it's like you know but there's also new things that i found to love here in new york um that i'm not really sure that i want to go to paris and let them go and you know will is just very is a little bit like is scared still you know and in a way i feel that they see vivian getting accepted to paris as maybe an out to having to deal with another conversation with her um, mom and her community about her sexuality yeah you know i completely agree with that and you know i think it puts a lot of pressure on will because it's clear when vivian's talking about not pursuing ballet it's more of her pursuing will and Mm -hmm. will is definitely not ready for that at this point in her life with her identity and so it's a lot of pressure and it would make a good out for her because it would just be too much for her but you know Mm -hmm. there's also other external factors in play including vivian's father Mm -hmm. and yeah and so in, in the scene after uh, we learn about Vivian getting accepted to the Paris Ballet, um, Will's grandma falls ill. And, you know, Will rushes to the hospital to check on her grandmother. Um, you know, and sh- we learn that she has to stay in the hospital for a while from Vivian's dad, you know, who's the doctor treating her. Um, and then, you know, Vivian, I think Vivian goes with them, right? In the scene. She does. Yeah, yeah. she does. And, and so that's what leads to this conversation where Vivian's dad pulls Will um, to his office and kind of says, so you're the reason why she's so hesitant to go to Paris. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we see that there's this conflict because, you know, Vivian's dad is Will's superior, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, there's a huge amount of respect that she has for him. She definitely looks up to him as this type of father figure also. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm reading into that too much. You know, that's kind of mm-hmm. weird, but <laughs> um, it's a little weird. But, um, you know, we see that there's this pressure, you know, regarding her career, regarding her identity, regarding this newfound, you know, love or, you know, something like love that she has with Vivian. And... The, the whole issue with that is, you know, he's trying to convince her to convince Vivian to take up the ballet position in Paris. And so, you know, Will is conflicted about, you know, either pursuing this romance and coming to terms with her identity or, you know, having that out and, you know helping Vivian maintain this type of face you know, for Mm -hmm. her father. And, you know, Will has something to do with that too. You know, she feels that obligation too for that traditional type of, um, that traditional type of honor. 
and um sorry i'm starting to lose my train of thought but yeah good um but yeah you know there's just this conflict between them and Mm -hmm. you know it's something where we don't know if will is you know going to continue to pursue this romance or if she's going to push vivian away so vivian can leave Mm -hmm. and you know she ends up she does end up pushing vivian away she ends up avoiding all vivian calls and you know um again going back to uh will's conversation with vivian's dad you know i i saw it more as kind of the collision of all these worlds kind of going combining you know these different worlds that she kind of kept separate you know her work life her romantic life and then her family life you know she had them in separate spheres she had different masks for each one and they're all kind of starting to combine and mesh and bleed into one another and i felt like you know will was getting really terrified of that and you know again like um vivian going to paris was an out to get back to maintaining these faces you know um and so yeah she ends up avoiding vivian for um you know she kind of takes the advice um of vivian's dad she ends up avoiding vivian but mainly she ends up avoiding vivian because she she can't handle this collision of worlds in my opinion and Mm. they essentially they break up yeah they do she pushes vivian away and convinces her without saying it to accept the job in paris you know vivian no longer has a tie to you know new york city you know she's free to do what her father wishes and move to paris you know after will breaks up um, after Will and Vivian break up, Will goes back to her apartment. Her mom's sitting in front of the TV on the couch again, you know, and Will comes out and she says, Mom, I love you and I'm gay. And it's very the reason I love this scene now, especially looking back at it again today, is because it's a very kind of subtle and quiet moment. It's not this big, flashy loud declarative thing you know that we kind of see in like more western coming out films you know it's a very like mundane setting in a very quiet way that's somehow very heartbreaking still to me um and you know uh um this scene kind of kills me because you know the first time i came out was when i was in high school i had this heated discussion about california's prop 8 which was about gay marriage you know with my mom um and i remember like kind of going saying like hey if i liked woman you know and i wanted to marry one would you also kick me out and my mom kind of like scoffed and said it was unnatural and you know she would and i remember i snapped and i was like well i am so are you gonna kick me out now um i remember this really long long silence in a way that was my first coming out moment Um, But I remember my mom kind of laughed it off and immediately changed the topic and brushed it under the rug. Right. And it wasn't discussed again until like years later when I went into college, my first the end of my first year of college, I think. And I came out more explicitly and I made a whole like declarative statement on my Facebook page and like FaceTimed everyone and like tell them this is who I am. Right. (laughs) So I had a more like I had another coming out scene. Right. But then like what I love that was introduced in the scene is that we learned that, you know, will's ma ma actually knew that will was gay Mm -hmm. 
you know, she, she talks about it with Jay, you know, mm-hmm. and she talks about how a year ago that her mom had come over to the apartment unannounced and caught her with another woman and they never mm-hmm. spoke about it. She just left, never spoke about it. And this was finally her opportunity to vocalize that and to actually, you know, put that in her mom's face, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I, it definitely is really important for the themes of this film, especially with the way that Ma reacts, you know, as soon as Will, mm-hmm. you know, says, I love you and I'm gay, you know, Ma's response is, you know, how can you say you love me and then throw that in my face? And, you know, face mm-hmm. is very specific, you know, it's like, you know, how can you love me and then do something that's going to, you know, solely my honor, you know, that's mm-hmm. going against tradition. Like how much have you changed? Because that's not the person that I created. You know, this is mm-hmm. some, you know, American ideology, some type of influence that has happened on her that has, you know, clouded her and changed her. And she mm-hmm. needs to be, you know, quote unquote, normal again. And that's why, mm-hmm. That's when she started trying to set up Will with men, you know, doing mm-hmm. the the matchmaking. And I, I, you know, learning about that and then watching the scene, you know, it, it was really hurtful. You know, I, I just mm-hmm. felt the pain that would have been experienced because, you know, it wasn't until then that her mom went through all this trouble trying to find her a match when she knows that she's queer you know it just mm-hmm. it would just be such a slap in the face you know and that's why we see how you know these reactions you know will's declaration and her mom's you know reaction that they're both very negative to each other um because of you know just this issue with traditionality and you know her mom not accepting and loving her for her authentic true self, you know? It's just, it really resonated with me that when learning that and like how Will was struggling with it, you know, struggling with the secret and struggling to maintain this face, even though her mom knew. So they're both maintaining a face, you know, trying to be ignorant. I feel like Ma is also trying to save, is further trying to save face, you know, trying to, by marrying Cho and trying to deny Will's sexuality by further trying to maintain this facade, um, you know, of this perfect traditional Chinese family, you know, and, and, you know, that hurts, but you know, what we get out from the end is still rewarding. We do see that Ma is choosing, you know, face, quote unquote face over her, you know, own desires and, you know, choosing that over, you know, acceptance and love for her daughter and, you know, icing her out like that. And, you know, it goes the same way. It's like she just completely shuts down and, Mm -hmm. you know, she she doesn't have any interactions with her daughter and she just decides to choose a man that would make her father happy and would get her back into, you know, that, that community, you know, even if it's not the man that she wants, she's choosing, you know, this community and her family's honor over her own desires and her own identity. And, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, her mother dying, you know, Will's Mm -hmm. grandmother dies and, she never got the chance to say goodbye. The only person she has left is her father. And so, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to sustain that connection, to be a part of his life, her last, 
you know, her last parent, you know, it's like she has to go through with appeasing him. You know, it's like she feels like she has no choice because of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she feels like she owes it to him. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we we see this further, um, like what Ma kind of goes through um, when Will, you know, she finds a note that little you and, you know, we kind of glossed over who little you was um little you kind of he kind of shows up throughout the film every time will is at the train station right and he always gives will like herbs for um um from his father who's old you who's like a fortune teller um he always gives will herbs um to help for (laughs) um help for great prospects in marriage and other herbs to help for um will's ma's morning sickness right and so she gets a one a, another one of these um, yellow envelopes with these herbs, and she, instead she finds a note inside. And, you know, that note uh, kind of talks about how it is, uh, which Will um, thinks it's old you, um, comes to a conclusion that it's old you who is the father of the baby. Um, and in the letter, he's saying about how you don't have to, uh, appeasing your father, you know, you don't have to keep you did it the first time you married into a loveless marriage with a man you didn't love and you're doing it again because you're just trying to um appease your father's traditional values and traditional lifestyle when you know it's not you and he's like i know that you know our age difference is is going to be hard and it's going to be controversial but like i don't care i love you right and so will is like oh my god i know who it is you know and so she, um and she kind of realized you know that her mom is making the wrong choice and you know she loves her mom still and runs off to you know the church to disrupt this wedding yeah so this is where we see the the mirror of this church wedding scene with the half of it and you Mm -hmm. know i just have to note out that Alice Wu was so clever in making the voiceover of that letter be old you <laughs> because, you know, once we get to the scene, we definitely believe that is, you know, the author of this note. And mm-hmm. I was so surprised when we got to this, you know, because Will comes in, she halts the wedding, everyone gasps, and she has her big declaration of telling her mom, you know, that she read the note, she knows who the father is of her, of her mother's child. And that, you know, obviously there's this deep love between these two people. And um, she, you know, encourages her mom, you know, to, you know, fuck tradition, you know, fuck saving face. And, Mm -hmm. you know, to just say no to this wedding and to instead, you know, pursue this romance with the father of the child. And, you know, there's all of this speculation of who the father is throughout the film, and especially during the scene. And so Will reveals that it's old you, and old you, like, steps up, and he's like, no, no, it's not me. Like, don't put that on me. It's not me. I'm not Mm -hmm. the father of this child. And so then young you, little you, he steps up and he says, I'm the father. And, you know, I gasped <laughs> along with everyone else because I didn't, I didn't know yeah. that. I wasn't expecting that. And, but it made perfect sense since he's the one who's giving all of these packages to Will and her mm-hmm. mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it really helps with Ma because what she really wanted was for him to declare it. He want, She wanted him to declare his love for her and to take ownership. And it was exactly what she was looking for 
And it's not that she wanted to necessarily, you know, elope with him. You know, we don't see this, you know, her running off with him, but instead she runs off with her daughter. You know, it's like her daughter finally was able to give her exactly what she needed, what she wanted. And so she leaves Cho, they run off together, they get on the bus and it, it reminded me of The Graduate. So Catherine Ross is supposed to get married to this man and Dustin Hoffman like disrupts the wedding and she runs off with him and they run away on this bus and they get at the back of the bus like Will and Ma and mm-hmm. that's the end of the film. Of course, that's not the end of the film for Saving Face, but mm-hmm. I definitely did see that connection there. I didn't know if you picked up on that. Mm-hmm. No, I, I definitely didn't pick up on that at all, but that's really um, interesting. You know, I love that you were able to make that connection. Um, I, I love how it's, this is where Will and her mom are kind of like laughing and in a way reconnecting. And we see this kind of change and, you know, that Will kind of opened her mom's eyes, right? Opened her eyes and made her kind of embrace her own independence, embrace her own sexuality and kind of like forgo all these tradition all these masks that were um they were trying to do to um save face in the um chinese american community in the chinese community and you know it becomes this turning point for will's mom for her to you know accept will and ha- now it was her turn to have will um to push will to pursue her own desires right and that desire was vivian and you know um again like i think you know, it wasn't a matter of Will's Ma never stopped loving uh, Will. It was just a matter of trying to maintain these faces. And once these faces, all these masks were broken, it was completely easy for uh, Ma to accept Will. And, you know, they get out of the bus. I think they grab a taxi and they rush off to the airport, you know, and um, Ma's like wanting to have this romantic declaration for Will to have Will to have that happy ending um, like she got by leaving the church. You know, there's that funny scene where like Ma tries to get out of the taxi and Will's like shoving her Ma back in the taxi. Yeah. Like, no, no, you stay here. <laughs> Please, uh, no more. Um, And, you know, then we get like Will running after Vivian um, um, before she goes to the gate. Um, and then Will's kind of like, don't go. Like, I, you know, stay. And, you know, I want you to stay. I want to be with you. And then, you know, Vivian kind of gives her this ultimatum. It's like, I don't want to be with someone who's always scared. You know, if you kiss me right now, kiss me in public, then I'll stay. And, you know, Will can't do it, you know, because... She's still scared to be so openly intimate, you know? And to me, I understood that, um, honestly. I understand that. Uh, it, to me, it was realistic because you can't all of a sudden go from, you know, having this internalized homophobia, ha- being afraid to be intimate, being afraid to um, be out in the open, and then all, just like a switch like that, um, just kiss them in public. You know, to me, that scene kind of, was realistic to me that I really understood what Will was kind of struggling with at that moment. So this is my only gripe with the film. And Mm -hmm. before, before I get into it, you know, I I definitely agree with what you're saying, but um, I think that's definitely giving a lot of credit to, you know, the realistic aspects of her identity in the scene. 
But um, one thing I did want to point out because I did want to leave a loose a loose thread because mm-hmm. you know we were talking about Ma and Jay and you know I feel like you know her progression and her relationship with Jay improves because they become close friends and that really proves that you know her her opinions can change that she can change her ideology and I think that really helps with influencing her accepting her daughter and pushing her to you know find her own romance and so you know, we get to the scene in the airport, which is another classic romantic comedy going, chasing through the airport. We see that like with literally every romantic comedy and it's been, you know, part of satire, like satirical films for, you know, a good chunk. And, um, you know, I, after watching Ma, Will's Ma, um, you know, decide to leave, you know, that she embraces her identity, that she, you know, doesn't go through with the marriage, you know, and that was because of Will. Will helped her understand that. And um, also just her experiences and her changing mindset throughout the film. But, you know, then her mom finally gives her the validation that she's looking for to really push her to, you know, accept her identity, to chase after Vivian. And she goes through with it. She chases after her. And, you know, it just, it makes sense that Will is able to feel open about this relationship, about wanting Vivian to stay and keeping her any way possible because it's been proven by her mom. She's been fueled by her mom who previously did not accept her identity. And so, I just did not understand why she couldn't kiss her. And I really appreciate that explanation because I really think that that is a realistic explanation for it. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, I felt like this was Wu trying to subvert that romantic comedy trope of like, Mm. you know, making that big gesture, going through the airport. And, you know, I think that really helps me understand why she subverted it because it is it is more realistic that she still might not be able to accept her identity and that there's this internalized homophobia Mm. but you know just after everything that came before it was really hard for me to believe that she wouldn't kiss her Mm -hmm. it's like I really I want I also wanted to wanted her to kiss her because you know it would have been like that happy ending that we all wanted but then I I like what Wu did instead you know and again, I think because it wasn't just, you know, in my opinion, it's not just the parent you have to get acceptance from. It's the whole entire community. Um, at least that's how I feel um, in my own family. It's uh, it's not just my parents. I have to um, get the acceptance and validation from. It's my aunts. It's my uncles. It's my grandparents. It's my, you know, the Lao family members who come every Christmas. It's the whole entire community, you know, and uh, again, th- that was just my reason why I kind of understood why Will went with it, even though I didn't want it. But then I, I just like how it came back in a full circle because, you know, Vivian ends up leaving. You know, she goes off to pursue Paris and then we kind of cut back to, um, you know, uh, Will is devastated and she's crying in her mom's arm. And then I think we get, a, I think this is where, you know, <laughs> I think uh Ma's like, you know, don't worry, we'll live together, we'll take care of each other. Um, I'll move in fully into your apartment. And Will's like, no, no, you're not, Ma. <laughs> and then, you know, we get we get a time skip to three months later, 
and we're back at Planet China, right? It comes to a full circle and this matchmaking kind of um, scene. You know, I, I saw it as the perfect mirror to the opening scene because, you know, it basically plays out like it did before with this binary com- um, constructed at Planet China. You know, it's we still see the same shots of the same three men talking together, the mothers huddling together, talking. But then we see a change. You know, we see Will come in with her mom, and Will notices Vivian, who's there on break. And we can tell that Will has been anticipating this. She didn't know Vivian would be there. Vivian didn't know Will would be there. But, you know, she was anticipating seeing her you could tell that you know this is something that you know she's dreamed about doing you know there's so much regret that she had and Mm -hmm. over those that three-month period she obviously had really more accepted her identity you know that was her time to really be able to come to terms with it you know get rid of that internalized homophobia and really understand how much she missed Vivian and what she meant to her in her life. And so, you know, Will approaches her. And for me, it reminded me of the ending scene of Carol, which mm. I absolutely love. You know, we get the slow walk of Will walking towards Vivian. Vivian's there with her mom. And we just see their eyes constantly tracking each other as Will makes her way. Everybody's watching Will as she makes her way to Vivian. And Vivian is asked by Will if she wants to dance. And at first we feel that Vivian is unwilling, that she still hasn't forgiven Will. She doesn't want to give her a second chance. But then she jokes about how the music stopped, that they couldn't, you know, dance. And it reminded me of when they first saw each other, the music stopped and Will noticed Vivian at that point. And like you said, it came full circle for me. And Will decided to make her move, finally, you know, making that big gesture after three months. And, you know, I thought it was even more brave than the airport scene because, you know, in the airport, it was just a bunch of strangers. But this, Mm -hmm. this was even bigger. It should mean more that Will's making her gesture here because it's their community. It's so much more important here at Planet China. So it, it felt so much more brave to me and it felt like a better ending, you know, than the traditional rom-com of them getting together at the mm-hmm. airport. As much as I didn't necessarily believe in it, you know, I do feel like this would have been the better ending, of course. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they dance, some of the people leave and they decide to retain their face, you know, saving face. But there's a lot of other people who join into the dance and we find out, you know, from Will's mom and Vivian's mom that they had orchestrated it. They finally did their matchmaking service, you know, proud by actually getting their daughters together. And it was, you know, just such a heartwarming knowing it was so heartwarming knowing that they orchestrated it, that they Mm -hmm. wanted their daughters to be together. And, you know, we see that, um, you know, even though some people left within their community, a lot of people stayed. And I think that is a really strong and powerful message to people that, you know, you can take your time accepting your truth and sharing that in whichever way is safe. But it's so great when you're able to do that, because even if you do lose some people, which there's always that fear of doing that when you truly present your authentic self, you know, there's still so many people who will stay and those are the Mm -hmm. important people to keep in your life. And I I just love that sentiment. 
And mm-hmm. definitely agree with um, that. Definitely. They, they gave this new community and we see mm-hmm. that Ma is a changed woman also, you know, we see that she has this, you know, more relaxed, you know, fluid way of moving. She's more, you know, there's more expression on her face. She's dressed and, you know, a way that really identifies with who she is. And she shows that she's her own independent woman. You know, she's living in her own place. You know, she's playing hard to get with the father of her <laughs> child who's trying yeah. to pursue her. And honestly, it's just, to me, the perfect rom-com ending. Mm-hmm. I definitely love it. Yeah. Um, I definitely love uh, the full circle. I love how Ma um, has a, is so independent now. I love how she um, broke ties, you know, from tradition. And, you know, in this scene, too, we see, you know, her, her dad and old you kind of, I think, off to the side. And it's like, I think they say something like, like, things just keep changing and we can't keep up, you know? And it's like, yeah, things are changing and it's a good, it's changing for the better, um, in my opinion. And the way Ma and Will, how they're pursuing their life and, you know, embracing their own identity is just, you know, an example of that. Um, you know, we also get in the scene where Will kisses Vivian and yeah like you said Will kisses Vivian and you know that was the ending I wanted uh and as you mentioned again it was more important because it was in front of their community and you know uh, Will has um come to a point where she is able to love herself enough um where she's able to fully express herself in front of everyone and you know it's a lot of it's also due to you know with the love from her mom and acceptance from her mom and yeah, I love that Vivian's mom and Will's mom, these two women who were shunned from the community, um, were able to form a really strong bond. And, you know, if you stay past after the credits, we get this great scene um, where they're all together. I think it's at Will's apartment and, you know, they're all talking to each other, drinking wine. And you, you see this bond that's forming between Ma and Vivian, you know, and I think there's this thing where it's like, Ma's like, wow, Vivian, you dress so nicely. Why can't my daughter, um, why can't you dress like that, Will? And then and yeah. Vivian and <laughs> Vivian's all laughing. It's like, don't worry, we'll work on it. And it's just like this really, it's this really sweet and to me, very uplifting image, especially as a young queer Asian woman to see that it's possible to get to this point, right? Um, and, you know, like, it ends up in a really funny way where Miles, like, goes, well, okay, so when are my grandchildren coming? And, yeah. you know, it, it just ends there. Again, like, like I said, from my own experience, I'm pretty sure other queer Asian women can um, say this too. You know, those are two questions you're constantly bombarded with as an um, Asian woman. When are you getting married? And when are you giving me grandchildren? <laughs> like, constantly. And so it was just funny that it ended off that way because, you know, that's just another hurdle that Will probably has to go through with her mom. Yeah, I know. It's it's really heartwarming to see that there's this newfound family, you know, combining, you know, traditional family and the new family that's gained, you know, in the scene. Like, it's very heartwarming to see that there's this, that there's this family that's being formed here. But of course, yeah, then we get to the, the heteronormative part of, you know, having a child. I feel like every queer person you know, regardless, as soon as they come out, people are like, okay, mm-hmm. well, you know, you can still, you know, give children, you know, right. it's like, I feel like everyone coming out to their parents, they're like, well, that's okay. 
um, as long as you're able to provide some child, some grandchild. Mm-hmm. And um, sorry, sorry. No, no, no worries. I swear, every time we live like right next to the fire station, so that's why there's oh, always boy. sirens. Yeah. Um, no, I miss the city sounds. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I love it. It helps me get to sleep sometimes. But okay, back to what I was saying. I'm just going to repeat that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, even with this found family, we still have the heteronormativity of, you know, creating a family unit with having children. You know, I feel like any queer person who comes out to their parents, they're like, yeah, that's cool. As long as you can still give me grandchildren. And mm-hmm. I completely agree. It's like Will has to figure out a way to be like okay mom we're gonna have to continue working on this you know traditional belief on you know what a family looks like you know <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely yeah and, and you know like this ending the, the ending was humorous but overall again like you were saying it was um to show this newfound family right and again to show that you know it's that love is there it's gonna be hard you're gonna go through a hard journey but it's there. And I think it's just so important to have this message in a, in a queer film with queer Asian woman at the center. You know, um, Saving Face was the first queer film, was the first film to represent Chinese American lesbians um, while also being directed by a queer Chinese American filmmaker as well. And, you know, Alice uh, Wu, um, a lot of this came from her own experience of coming out to her mom and, you know, being in a, long-term relationship with a woman you know so this film not only pushes for positivity and acceptance for queer asian people but it also breaks a stifling and stereotypical role of of asian woman through joan chen's character you know ma stands up for what she wants refusing to be forced into another marriage to please her father and learning to live on her own and be in full confidence with her own sexual desires um Saving Face proclaims queer identity in a queer in a community that tries to ignore and also reclaims the stereotypical roles Asian women have been placed in Hollywood for a more modern Asian woman through both Ma and Will. Again, Saving Face is just so important to watch for um, being for a young queer woman, especially being a young queer Asian woman, just because, again, this image isn't represented so much in Hollywood. You know, you we do have the half of it and we do have the handmaiden. Um, I can go on about The Handmaiden as usual because The Handmaiden would be my top choice recommendation for um, a queer Asian film to watch. Um, but then, you know, for that, for more of an Asian American um, experience, you know, um, and representation, I think we don't see that much of it. And I think Saving Face is, you know, to me, the best one that represents it. Half of it, it does as well. But again, you know, I have my problems with the half of it. You know, I have my problems with um, Saving Face as well, but like, I still think it's one of those movies that's just so pivotal and important to queer cinema and to queer cinema that's representing minorities. Thank you for joining us for this episode on Alice Wu's Saving Face. Stay tuned next time for our critical analysis and discussion on Desiree Akhavan's 2014 film, Appropriate Behavior. Stay safe and stay queer.